0: The Ask Theory podcast shines the spotlight on Pinoy scientists from various scientific disciplines. Listen to some of the country's best scientific minds as they explain what they do in simple terms and share fascinating stories of how they got into science, the incredible things they've learned about the world around us, and so much more. Hello, Dr. Chris. Welcome to the Ask Theory Podcast.
1: Hi, thank you. It's nice to be here. Such a pleasure for the invitation. I'm honored and to be speaking with you and to be you know speaking indirectly to our listeners, to your listeners.
0: I'd like our listeners to learn a little more about you. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do on a daily basis, and how you fell in love with science.
1: All right. So my name is Grisel. I'm a full-blooded Filipino, (laughs) just (laughs) so you know. (laughs) So I've earned... My three degrees, all from the University of Santo Tomas. So they are a bachelor's in psychology, a master's in clinical psychology, and a doctor of medicine. Last year, I finished a one-year program, a certificate program at Harvard Medical School in advanced epidemiology and clinical trials. I also was elected as a fellow at the Royal Society for Public Health in the UK. Currently, I'm a faculty at the Department of Clinical Epidemiology at the Faculty of Medicine and Surgery at University of Santo Tomas as well as a faculty at the Department of Psychology at the College of Science also at the University of Santo Tomas. I'm also affiliated with St. Luke's Medical Center, College of Medicine as a research fellow on climate change and mental health. So my teaching, academic academic work is with UST my research work consultancy is with St. Luke's aside from that i do also individual global research collaborations all over the world mostly from my classmates and colleagues at harvard they are based in egypt in indonesia some are in uk in oxford a lot of them are you know all over the place so we try even after our program we still we still connect and try to you know collaborate with researchers especially trying to understand the differences of human behavior because i'm that's my specialty in understanding you know different ethnicity and how these behaviors relate or associates with certain diseases so that's what we're trying to study mostly so yeah so that's me <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I have a question. How do you fit all of that in in, in twenty four hours? <laughs> you yeah, have a very busy schedule.
1: Yeah, I do. I actually have the same comment with my mom because I gave her my <laughs> schedule for this because it's a, it's the start of the school year, of the academic year. So I have a new schedule for from August until December, and I gave it to my mom and she said to me when are you sleeping so <laughs> i think because of my medical training prog- my medical training it programmed me to to be satisfied sleeping at least 5 hours a week although it's not suggested you know oh, yeah. na at least 8 hours 6 to 7 or 8 hours every night no especially even in adults you no? more so because we're still you know we're using a lot of energy and then we're a little more frailer than we were younger, especially our bodies and our backs. Hindi na kaya ng likod natin magtrabaho masyado. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, uh, lumalabas na lahat ng sakit-sakit. So, especially in our early 30s, doon na naglalabas. At late 20s, early 30s, doon na sumasakit yung mga likod natin. Anyway, going back.
0: Go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: <Hard quality>. <laughs> <laughs> so, it takes a lot of planning. Number one. So I really plan my day. I am quite OC with that. For example, on Mondays, I have a class from 7 to 1 p.m. I mm-hmm. take an hour lunch break and then from, from 2 until 6 p.m., I do some research or some paperwork. So it's all online anyway. So that's that's the beauty about, about the, not the beauty about the pandemic, beauty about working from home especially yeah. in a remote setting. So everything is online. I can do multiple tasks at the same time. I can check my emails from USD, for example, and my emails from St. Luke's and my personal email, which is what I use for my global collaboration. So you can, you know, work, you know, multitasking. So that's, that's, that's the thing that I often do. And then, yeah, so there are a lot of things going on with me. With my work, but, you know, everything is planned. So you give time to everything, especially kung importante siya sayo, bibigyan mo talaga ng oras, ba? Yeah. and sometimes you have to stick with it. And ang maganda, if you finish early, you have, you know, you have extra time for yourself. Maybe to yes. sleep, to take a nap, yeah. And one thing I learned about napping, I just want to, you know, <laughs> say, because a lot of us really want nap. Really, really likes napping. There are bad napping and good napping. I think the bad is if you spend more than 90 minutes. Medyo groggy na yung, yung brain ma after when you wake oh. up. So... It's nice to take, you know, small or naps between the day, like fifteen mm-hmm. minutes or at least maximum is 90 minutes naps. That's what I've read. So yeah. Yeah. Para hindi ka parang foggy, brain fog after, you know, when you wake up. So yeah. So yun yun. So you take breaks. It's important to plan your day and then you prioritize your task. For example, you need a a paper to be finished today. So prioritize tasks. And then yung mga check ng emails after na lang. Or maybe during your breaks, you can multitask. So yeah, <laughs> that's how my day is.
0: <laughs> Sounds very hectic. Pero yun niya, sabi mo nga sabin mga. What I've also read, yun niya, yung ngay, yun yung nilang power napping. Yan, yung mga quick breaks. Uh, when you find time in the day to just nap for you, mga around 15 minutes, uh, yun nga, one and a half at most, one and a half hours at most. So yun, spoken like a true doctor. Na <laughs> kailangan, <laughs> ng, kailangan natin ng tulog, ng maayos na tulog. But I have a question. Why science? You could have done pretty much anything or you could have decided on any other track as a young adult, you know, finding your way to the professional world. What made you really say na, ah, science na talaga'y per puso ko?
1: It's, it's for me, for me, it's really because of family influence. I, ah. I came from a family of doctors. I'm actually a fourth generation doctor. So wow. they really push you at an early age. <laughs> Not just me, but also my siblings no? Do medicine. And also the people around us, like, you know, our aunties, our family friends, oh magdo doctor din nyan de ba and specialize mo? ganon. So it's somehow grooming, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but the good kind of grooming, you know, you they motivate you to become a doctor. But to be honest, as far as I can remember, the first thing that I wanted to become was to do architecture. Ah, okay. I like drawing houses when <laughs> I was young, but and the, but my mom pointed out that I'm not good at drawing. Oh. Although I'm good at math, I'm not good with drawing, so that's the downside. And o nga my point shan na isip ko. And then when I was about like sixth grade, I remember we have to have the show and tell and speak in front of our class what you want to become since we're graduating. Mm-hmm. I picked, I wanted to be an oceanographer because the summer before that school year, we went diving, and I learned how to dive, and I wanted to take pictures of the ocean. So, I wanted that. But then again, my dad pointed out, walang pera dyan. Anong <laughs> gagawin mo? Like, walang trabaho dyan para sa Pilipinas. I mean, sa Pilipinas, I don't think that there's, it's a viable option for you to do. Tapos, sabi ko, nga naman, paano ako mabubuhay? So, yeah, eventually, you know, I took a pre-med, which is psych. And then, before I went to med school, I, I took my master's because I wasn't sure if I wanted to pursue medicine or I wanted to have like to do research because I really like research when I was in my fourth year in college. And so I did master's. And my mom, you know, sige, okay lang, kaysa naman wala kang ginagawa. Just do your master's. And eventually, if you decide to pursue a PhD or medicine, then we can do that after. So that's what I did. And then when I was doing my thesis, my thesis on my master's was regarding Alzheimer's and vascular dementia. So Filipino, I did a case study about, you know, comparing the psychological profile and the neuroimaging the brain, mm-hmm. like how the brain, the parts, how it works when you have Alzheimer's and when you have vascular dementia, because those are the two most common types of dementia that Filipinos typically have. So, and then I really like, cause I worked closely with radiologists at that time, cause I took, took my respondents or my patients, to the MRI to have an MRI scan and then I took I I talked to them and then it was you know quite interesting like I like being at a hospital and okay so I told my mom instead of doing a PhD okay let's go to med school and then yeah there I applied to med school but when I was in medical school especially on my fourth year clerkship which is like a junior internship you get to Mm -hmm. be at the hospital full time I hated the hospital like (laughs) it's so toxic it's so toxic like I I feel like I couldn't really function like I feel out of place sort of Mm -hmm. but I like helping people I like you know helping my patients but for me it's not I feel like I'm I'm not in the right place like this is the hospital setting is not for me so I ventured other options and then I met fellow, fellow Filipinos as well. That's why it, it, that's, they are my inspiration to really pursue the field that I'm in right now. So I met a couple of scholars. They were scholars then, like Dr. Renzo Ginto, my boss actually at St. Luke's. He's a graduate of UP, PGH, and then he he took a PhD, doctor in, philo- doctor in public health at Harvard. So we kind of had an exchange and then, you know, he he wasn't practicing. He's not a clinician. He's not practicing as a doctor. He's into research. And then, huh, that's really interesting. So this is someone, you know, a Filipino who is not a clinician, but who is in academe who's doing research and I want to do what he does. So... Yeah, so I, I kind of, and not just him, there are a lot more Filipinos scholars around the world who are studying, you know, in Oxford, in, in Johns Hopkins, are doing great stuff because they deal with research. Some they deal with, with health policy, you know, what guides our DOH, our clinician on what to do when certain diseases comes up or like what's the update on medicine, for example, on treatments of certain diseases. So, so you're kind of, you know, indirectly helping patients as well because you're helping with the policy that most clinicians, when, we, when I say clinician, these are the doctors, the medical doctors who are practicing, you know, who are seeing patients. So you're still, you know, you're still a scientist. You're still a doctor. You just help, you just help in other ways. And that for me is reassuring it's validating that you know especially for the philippines hindi common kasi then mm-hmm. i don't blame them doctor you know medical doctor ka kang physician tapos wala ka sa hospital wala ka sa clinic yeah. hindi ka, di ka tumitingin na ng pasyente bakit parang bakit bakit yung ginagawa mo <laughs> ang ang sabi ang, ang laging sinasabi nila sayang naman niyong yung mm. sayang naman batika nagpa-practice, it's a common misconception, and I don't really blame them because that's how Filipinos usually see doctors. You know, nadungka to miting ka ng pasyente, nagpapagaling nagpapagalita uh. ng paciente ng may sakit, and that's okay. But you know, when I ventured out, there are a lot. You know, yung MD mo, yung pagiging doctor of yung medical doctor mo, it's not just you know, it's not just you treating medicine because I'm mostly the educational system here they train you to become clinicians and mm-hmm. then not a lot of medical school offers you know training in other fields in like, you know application of medicine in other forms sometimes it's good to be both too like you have a practice and then later on you went to policy making or you went into research mm-hmm. that's a great path too but some like me I don't really see myself as a clinician Although, you know, I see patients. I can see patients when I want to. I'm a licensed physician. It's just that I feel like it's it's more it's more productive for me if I focus all my energy on academe, on research, on the things that I love, partly because of mental health too. You know, it's 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 too overwhelming especially when the pandemic came and yeah. So, that's that.
0: Kung ika-capture mo yung gusto mong ma-achieve as a scientist, your your mission, if you had like a a one-sentence mission statement, what would it be and why?
1: Oh, that's, I'm a perpetual learner and, you know, I'm thrilled to be an instrument in cultivating learning of many, especially the the youth. I think that's sentence, you know, best describe me and my, my passion and my career goal in the next hopefully decades to come. So it's my first year teaching Mm -hmm. at the very institution who, who honed me mainly because I felt, you know, so great, so grateful of all the things that, you know, that, that they've trained me, that they've mentored me, especially my, my former teachers at the university. And when they reach out if I wanted to teach. I immediately said yes because I felt I wouldn't become who I am now today if it weren't for those people who believe in me when, when, when I wasn't really excelling as much. Na, laging sinasabi nila, Uy, kaya mo yan? Ano ba? Bat ganito? Mm-hmm. Okay lang yan, you know. They saw the potential in me and they gave me that nudge that, you know, was able, I was able to, to, to finish college. I was able to finish my master's and then I was able to finish my med school. It was all very, very difficult for me. I was really struggling with it, of course, because it's, it's, I think it, it's not just, you know, the, the course per se, but in any course it will apply to. But, you know, it's, it's, it was very challenging for me. Like I was always, I, I was always in, you know, in, competition with myself like i don't know really what i want what i wanted at that age but these people they saw the potential in me they believe in me and they gave me that nudge to you know Sige lang, yang kaya mayan. and i excel you know and I'm, I'm very very grateful for them and then that opportunity i saw that as an opportunity to give back you know to someone who needs that nudge You know, the person that I needed when I was young. I wanted to be that person to to somebody somebody else. And I think based on my evaluation, I did exactly that. And I'm happy Ah. that I was efficient. I was an effective teacher to most of my students. And yeah, so... I'm a perpetual learner. Laging sinasabi nila sa akin, hindi ka ba mag Kasi tapos na ng college, <laughs> nag-masters ako, nag-med school ako, and I'm actually planning on getting my PhD. Not not in the near future, maybe in five years. I'm still, you know, I would want to gain as much experience as I can first, then apply to a university. Hoping I'm hoping abroad you know, to study there. It's a different world i mean it's a different yeah. world yeah it's a different application too and i would want to learn from all sorts of people and anyway going back so yeah so i am still to be an instrument you know in cultivating learning i learn from my students as much as they learn from me that's one thing i've realized and i wanted you know my my sort of cross my personal cross yeah
0: let's talk about that that dimension, next dimension, that dimension <laughs> of you, Yungching. Lalo na for me very interesting yung naging evolution or development ng pagtuturo during the past 2 years. I mean, we we all know how hard it was to carry on with our regular responsibilities during the actually hanggang ngayon although we're we're easing back into face-to-face classes, pero especially for the teaching profession, ang hirap nung, nung pagtuturo online and, you know, remote remote teaching, remote education. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your experiences regarding teaching college students online.
1: Oh, yeah. So that's quite interesting because the first, I think, first six months, I was in Boston. Oh. So yung time difference, 12 hours, ang hirap for me. Oh, oh yeah. Kasi... My class ako usually 1 to 4 a.m. 1 to 4 a.m. my time, which is 1 to 4 p.m. here. Dito, yeah. Oo. And then I was going to classes there in the morning and sometimes in mid-afternoon. So, hirap talagang i-manage for me. Like, personal struggle Going. yun. Pero yung commitment ko was there. You know, I wanted to be there. Since online na lang, but I pa kaya. Madali lang naman mag-on ng computer. So I really, you know, ang daming kape. <laughs> ang daming kape. And I really had to to schedule everything. Mm-hmm. Schedule the time that I'm going to my classes. And then going back to take naps. And then went to... Prepare for dinner, when to prepare for my class, and then having the, my, having the class itself, and then trying to get an hour or two hour nap before I go to my class again next morning. So, but you know, it's really rewarding, especially when your students appreciate you being there. Because I've heard, like, like mostly online, no? especially on Facebook, that you yung common problems ng students across like ages like not just in college but in senior high school as well na parang hindi na nila nakikita yung professors nila yung mga teachers nila because mainly of internet connection too and you know stuff like that but for me kasi i really wanted to be there mag online lang ako kahit saglit and then try to answer their questions and you know, as much as possible, I respect their time too. Cause I I feel that they respect my, my time as well. Especially when they ask questions through emails. They know that they can reach me through emails. And yin lang yung response time ko is always twenty four to forty eight hours. Mm. And then yeah, so it's it takes a lot of communicating with your students. Cause um, you have to yeah, we have to respect our time yung time yeah. ng class natin so i have to be there on on time not just on time like 15 minutes before the class starts online and then at the same time um there's a synchronous kasi meaning hindi kayo online on zoom or whatnot but you're supposed to do you know a task and you're available like for me as a teacher you're available for questions whenever they have like online dapat online canon. so you have to respect them then na dapat kung they have questions you you immediately answer it you know you immediately reply to their emails and be detailed as possible so it takes a lot of planning on my schedule number one it also takes a lot of planning on my core site like we have like an online classroom. Lahat na ng kailangan nila andito, lahat na nung mga requirements, what, what are expected from them for this week, for the next week, and so on and so forth. It's all there. Para clear lahat, you know. Walang miscommunications. Kasi that's the problem with online setting. Yeah. We often miscommunicate. like, And we have different set of expectations, especially if the message or the instructions weren't really clear so yeah that's the problems but you know before before teaching online i was a student online because i took my board exams for physician the review was online too which is very very Mm. difficult for me because as a student i always study outside with my friends like i never felt my room conducive to learning Mm-hmm. kailangan kong nakiki, kailangan kong nasa labas kasi lagi akong inaantok, lagi akong distracted so we have this core group we have a study group, me and my friends since med school so we often study usually sa, kung may budget kami, may allowance pa sa Starbucks or sa mga cafes <laughs> yeah. pero pag wala na, nasa kondo na lang <laughs> kondo na lang ng isa tapos nagtatanungan kami and all that so it was really really hard for me so I know the struggle of online class I think that's a a one perspective that I really consider for my students. Alam ko yung feeling na nag-o online class. Alam ko yung feeling na nag-aantay sa instructions ng teacher, bakit ang labo, bakit ganito? Kanyan. So, some students they prefer pre-recorded lectures. Ako naman personally I wanted an online Zoom like synchronous yeah. live lecture because if they have questions I want to address it agad kasi baka answer. hindi lang yeah baka kasi hindi lang sila for students I mean at their age most or some of them nahihiya magtanong yeah no? Nahiya baka i-judge sila ganyan so maganda, I always encourage them to ask questions. You know, I won't judge them. Wala, ganyan. Lahat tayo book. Okay lang yan, you know. <laughs> yeah. Lahat tayo nagsa-struggle. Lahat tayo mm-hmm. mayroong hindi naintindihan. And maybe, you know, your question is also a question of some of your classmates na mahirap din magtanungan. Especially yeah. them. If I have like first year and second year college students na hindi sila magkakilala. Magkakaklase. Like personally, di ba? hirap din noon. Kasi kami... Yung transition namin from face-to-face study group, naging online study group when we were reviewing, madali lang, kasi we had that rapport already. We were already friends. So talking yeah. online, studying online, is is just, it needed little adjustment ng talaga. You know, mostly yeah. online, like paano to, paano ba yung Zoom, paano ba tong Google Meet and all that. But yeah, for them, it's very... It's, it's, you know, it's a struggle talaga. Yung online setting and then meeting new friends, meeting new people, people, gaining new friends. Ang hihirp talaga din, which I understand naman. So as much as, and I think with the university then that I've been, and that I'm with, medyo, ano din naman kami, we really take into consideration the students' welfare. Kahit pa paano, I'm really proud of that. And, you know, we listen to them. Like, I listen to my students if they need, you know, masyadong Okay sige, let's let's arrange uh, arrange things. Ano yung kailangan nating ano pwede nating i-adjust? So, uh, I don't wanna say I'm lenient. It's just that I'm understanding if especially if it may merit naman talaga to adjust certain examinations for example or not really examinations, certain projects or assignments, mga, mga deadlines, kay kung kayang i-adjust, i-adjust natin. Kung wala naman na apektuhan na ibang assignments or ibang projects for our classes. So, yeah, so that's how how we, you know, how my teaching during pa- the pandemic went. Naitawid naman namin. Number one, talaga, communication, you know, that's really important and scheduling for my part since half of it I was in Boston. But yeah, pagbalik ko, I struggle na naman kasi I had to readjust mm-hmm. with the time zone. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm very, very fortunate then because supportive yung students and supportive yung faculty. Na, I didn't have to apply for academic leave, so it's okay.
0: Not just you know make not just you making ways for your students, but also your your co faculty helping you find ways to be able to teach properly.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So communication really, really is important. At that time, it was the most important, you know, thing that you could do. We could do. Communicate. Ano ba kailangan nyo? Kasi kung yung ibang students, nahihiya din magsabi. Pero we, you have to make them, you know, comfortable and make them understand that it is for them to. Sige. It's, it's yours. I mean, it's your learning. You should also have a say. Well, at least for me, that's my, my perspective. Moving from
0: you as an educator, let's go back to you as a student, a global clinical research scholar. So, mula sa pagiging educator, balik tayo sa ikaw anan patuloy na natututo. So, can you tell us a little bit about your experiences and some of the opportunities and challenges that come with being a global clinical research scholar?
1: Oh, yeah. So, when I was, I think it was fourth grade, when I was in grade four, it just, just a bit background lang, a, bit, a little cuento lang about it. When I was in grade four, I learned abro- we learned in school about the Ivy Leagues in the US. And then uh-huh. there's Harvard, there's Yale, there's Princeton, there's Stanford, all of those. And then my teacher said, Harvard Medical School is the best medical school in the, con- in the world. So when, when I came home, kwentuhan kami ng mama ko sabi ko ma sabi mama sabi ni teacher ganito ganyan kayan harvard daw galing, galing ang ganda daw nang yun daw yung na school med school
0: yeah.
1: and then she of course i've mentioned earlier that my parents and my family are very vocal of us becoming doctors, doctors. so yeah so pero sabi ko naman at that age sabi ko alam po naman hindi ko kaya jan ni eh. at saka hindi din namin kaya like hindi kaya ng utak ko alam ko naman yun at saka hindi kaya ng finances kasi of course that's the us like but sila ko ng taga pilipinas i'm and i'm from mindanao like just so you know i'm from jensen so mm-hmm. i was born and raised there until i was in high school so but before i went to bed that day yung at night i wrote harvard medical school on my notebook on my journal but you know i knew that wala lang i just wanted to visit the campus gusto ko lang siya gusto ko lang picture and yung pangarap ko gusto ko lang picture and then fourth year med school yung clerkship yung one year internship may month kasi kami for electives and then that electives you can choose where you want to conduct it and what specialization and my friends friends and i went to the us and then i was had an opportunity to visit boston and to visit harvard so i went there i went to the campus i went you know around the other harvard affiliated affiliated hospitals and ang saya-saya ko ka noon kasi for me at that time feel ko yun na yung ano yun na yung fulfillment ng childhood dream ko like ito na yun ito na yung journaling sinulat ko sa journal ko nagpa-picture ako i sent it to my mom i posted it you know na check ko na na check ko na from my bucket list na nagpa-picture ako sa harvard and then a year later i got reconnected with one of my seniors sa organization isang club sa sa med school so sabi niya di ba gusto mo ng research oh i did this program at Harvard kasi he's already a resident in the US uh-huh. so i did this kasi i need uh, i need a research research activity for my CV so my application in residency so maybe you want to do this too and then okay sige check out ko and then i went to their website okay ang mahal <laughs> for me ang mahal <laughs> yun yung una kong tiningnan ang mahal and then tapos may partner sabi sa akin apply ka lang you know you may you never know, never know it's cool you never know apply lang so and then sabi ko sige and then tiningnan ko yung requirements eh covid noon peak of covid noon mm. especially with you need recommendation letters from your previous supervisor or a chair of the department At that time, Uh lahat busy. Lahat overwhelmed. So, nahihiya din naman ako na makikisuyo ako na, you know, can you write me a recommendation letter? Ganyan, ganyan. And then, eventually, sabi ko, sige, tingnan natin if it's for me. So, I emailed a couple of my mentors in med school. And then, you know, like, it's a miracle. The next day, they sent me the recommendation letter. Okay, sige. And then, here it is. Simple, Okay. So, ako nun, I was really surprised that ang bilis. Okay, so maybe gusto ako ni Lord na mag-apply. <laughs> so, sige. so, I sent out my application and then that's with no expectation, as in zero expectation. Sabi ko, masaya na ako na nasend ko. Okay, fulfilled na ako. Ganyan. And then I forgot about it. Then after a few weeks or like, I think it was after a month or so, nagreply reply sila with the acceptance letter. And then they gave me a scholarship. They gave me the maximum that they can give. So, grabe, mm. umiyak na ako noon. Umiyak na ako noon. And then, toto ba to? Toto ba to? And then I called my partner. And then video call yun eh. So ting na mga basay mga Totoo to, toto ba? Like I'm not. You know, <laughs> na and all of that. Yeah. Then okay, masaya ako. But after that na basa ko, okay, you have to pay for this blah 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 for the Oof. you know confirmation. <laughs> you have to yeah. reserve you have to pay for your slot to be reserved okay pandemic wala pa license lisensya noon paano ako magpa practice paano ako kukuha? and I was I, I was really ano, apprehensive I didn't really want to ask money from my parents because they already paid for my education like my college mm-hmm. my masters and my med school so it's too much plus I have you know siblings pa, younger siblings who are, in, who are still in school So, nag-isip ako, paano ko, how will I pay kahit yung, ano muna, kahit yung reservation mo na. Tsaka ako yung tuition. And then, I don't know. My dad, I told my parents, of course. And then, my dad told a couple of my, a a couple of our relatives in the U.S. And then, you know, they chip in. And then, yeah, so everyone helped. and help We were able to raise my tuition. All of that I didn't have to to, you know, to think about it. It's already paid by by people who really love me. So they are, you know, God sent. So <laughs> I feel all my journey in application from you know, being admitted and paying for the tuition. It's it's I think it's destiny. It's cheesy, but I think it's <laughs> destiny. <laughs> Super <Yeah>. cheesy sha. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really, really grateful for that for that you know, for that blessing no there are a lot of people who were my angels at that time and then okay going to the program itself talagang natakot ako kasi there are only two Filipinos mm. me and then another consultant medyo matanda na siya medyo uh, mataas na din yung position niya from another hospital here in metro manila then and then so, ako, na bagong graduate lang, I don't really have much experience. I just have my education. You know, yung hawa ko. But, and then, my mga, prof- my mga classmates ako are already, you know, directors, CEOs, yeah. you know, chief residents from all of these big hospitals, big universities all over the world.
0: And it's hard not to compare, you know, when, when you yes. see that pressure.
1: Oo, a pressure talaga kasi you have to introduce yourself and what you do. Diba, dun palang pressure ka na, okay, ano pa pwede kong sabihin? And at that time, when I started at Harvard, hindi pa ako affiliated with USC. I wasn't, you know, hindi pa ako nagtuturo. So wala pa talaga. Kasi I was reviewing the boards ko noon at that time. So ang hirap din. But they were all nice people mm-hmm. that, that I have to say. They were very, very humble. Nah, they don't act on their labels, on their titles. Yun, uh, on their titles. Parang they're very, very humble. Just call first name lang tayo, first name basis. How are you? <laughs> what do you do? And then we learn from each other. So it's a nice experience. It's a nice environment to learn. Talagang ano, ang dami mong matutunan. Like on just, sa car, you can pick up good, you know, good personality, good characteristics from from your classmates, from your professors. And, of course, the theoretical knowledge as well. And so, yung buong Harvard experience, it's very challenging because ang daming demands, of course. Ang daming quizzes, ang daming lectures, and then you have all these presentations. Yeah. And then you have your own capstone paper, which is like mini-thesis paper that you do individually. And then you pass, you submit it, and then... Yeah, but at the end of it, I want our listeners, Naks, our listeners <laughs> to, to to pick up, you know. Then we may be from a third world country, there, but you have to remember there's no monopoly of knowledge. There's no monopoly on success. So yeah. with the right mindset the discipline you know in in your tasks in, in in studying you can do anything because i was one of the top 20 in my capstone paper Me, with no prior experience just you know i just recently graduated non from training i i beat most of the ceos the directors you know medical directors the head of the whatever department of this hospital, of this school, university worldwide. We're around 200 and I'm in the top 20 with my paper. So, you know, it's all about, you know, mindset, work ethics and at the same time, prayer. Because there are a lot of prayer here because from my application, as I've said earlier, from my application, from the tuition fees, from everything, I had assistance, I had help. So, it, this is not just my success. It is the success of all the people who helped me, who loved me, who believed in me. So it really took a a, a village. A village, yeah. <laughs> a village for this, and I share those success. Kaya, I really wanted to give back. Then you know, because this is not me. This is not me. Ni not me. Hindi lang ako to. Ni lang this is not of my own doing. Like I I believe it is. You know, it's it's my purpose. I prayed. For it, I prayed about my dreams, kung ano yung mga plans ko sa life. And then somehow God answers it through the people I meet. And then he guided me, ano ba yung i-focus ko, ano yung gagawin ko. Kasi from that time, I was planning to take also different licensure examination in the US, oh. in Australia, or in the UK. Because most of my, my colleagues or my classmates in med school, they're doing that path. No, they want to do training, yung residency nila abroad. So, mm-hmm. pero parang walang, nagpipigil sa akin. Like, every time that, okay, sige, gagawin ko ito, mag-aaral na ako, mag-a-apply na ako, hindi siya nangyayari. Maybe because mm-hmm. ito yung path ko. So, that's what I come to, you know, realize now. Na, okay, kaya pala, buti na lang. Kasi mas masaya ako dito. Like, masaya ako dito because this is my forte. I feel very, very comfortable na kahit nakapikit ako, kaya ko siyang gawin. So I think it's not just the title. If you're choosing between what you're supposed to do, kung ano yung goals mo, kung ano yung gagawin mo in the future, always consider saan ka sasaya at kung bagay ba sayo. Meaning, hindi dapat natin ipilit yung gusto natin. We have to be flexible too of our plans. my plans A, my plan A ka, may plan B, my plan C. Just in case it doesn't work out. Kasi, that's what I did. I was very, very open. Okay, sige, I'll give this a shot. Okay, hindi hindi nag-work out. Baka ito naman. So, hindi ako masyado nagkikling. I don't see it as a failure. I don't see a no as a failure. It's just a redirection. You know, directing mm. you to the path that's really for you. Na masaya ka. Kasi You know, some people, I think this is a practice or an expectation put upon the younger generation. You really have to, you know, parang personality mo na yung career mo. I don't know if you've heard about it. Doctor, ginagawang personality yung pagiging. Doctor, pagiging, pagiging lawyer. Yung mga ganon. That's all you
0: are.
1: Yeah, so don't limit yourself. You're more than that. You know, your career should. B, it's a blessing if you find a career that's in line with your passion and you're making money so that you can sustain your life. So, one thing I learned, you don't go to med school, don't be a doctor if you want to be rich. (laughs) because yung mga (laughs) mayaman na
0: doctor... (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, oo may, talaga
0: miskonsepsyona ang... ay doktor mayaman yaman oo
1: oo oo niba <laughs> kaya laging madaming nagppm ng na mga dok na mga pasyente sa mga kakailalan lang doktor oy, pwede ba kami magparasyeta magpagani to magpa-medical certificate ganyan. they often forget that doctors or you being a physician it's a, it's a career eh. you know yeah. it's a job we have to sustain our living our expenses, realistically so, lalo na ngayon, kung magkano PF ng doctor today, ganoon pa rin ang PF nyo nung nagsa-start praying yung mom ko. And my mom, my mom is already 61.
0: Grabe. Walang,
1: walang change. Grabe so, mm-mm. although may kailangan na talaga yun, so we have to, you know, bring attention to it, especially yes. our organization na kailangan itas, not just doctors, you know, everyone in the health allied field, are our, our nurses, our med techs, our radiologists, our, our, our rad techs, our physical therapists, everyone, everyone in the healthcare setting should be given a raise. Yeah, Kasi better talaga, compensation. Yeah, and then better work hours too. Kasi we're only the few countries left na nagmo-more than 24 hours ang duty ng doctor. So imagine being awake for 20 hours straight, more than sometimes 32. Ako personally, best ko was 36. I stayed Oof, for 36 grabe. hours in the hospital. Mahirap din kasi konti lang yung ratio ng doctors to patient. It's not, we didn't reach the ideal ratio na provided ng WHO. But, you know, there are a lot of problems with the system. But yeah, yun lang gusto kong iparating. No, mm. if you want to be rich, don't become a doctor. Or <laughs> don't, don't become, become a, a doc. don't become a doctor for the money. Kasi oh, that's uh. the misconception na pag doctor ka yaman ka. Not exactly, especially if you're a 1st generational doctor. Ang hirap mag-start ng practice. Most doctors who are rich are probably rich na in the first place. Like before they went to med school, may yaman na sila, may kaya na sila. Maybe they have a business or or what So ayun don't become a doctor para yayaman. There are other fields na mas malaki ang kita mo at mabilis yung career progression mo when it comes to, you know, finances. Yeah, but if it's your passion, then go ahead. There are a lot of programs who can sustain you, your living expenses financially, and at the same time, you know, can be the can be your outlet or your way to serve the people. For example, DOH, our Department of Health, has this program for for so long na called Doctors to the Barrio. I mm-hmm. have a lot of friends who went there, like who yeah. went into that field, you know, right after the P L E they applied sa DOH and then they get assigned to all over the place. Some are very lucky to be assigned to like nice places like Malapit sa Beach, like in Palawan, <laughs> in Siargao. Yeah, major and, yeah. yeah in Bor- in Baracay I think too yeah so medyo maganda yan. but some are also placed in very rural areas so ikaw lang yung doctor sa buong barangay or sa buong municipality ganon Ako. and i think it will help you build your clinical eye talagang magagamit ka at magagamit ka doon para maging mahusay na manggagamot and of course, serving the less fortunate. Yung mga walang kakayahan, walang access sa doktor, walang okay. access sa mga healthcare facilities. So, but, you know, hope, hopefully the system will get better. You know, we have <laughs> better resources. We have to allocate more resources for them. You know, yeah. But, yeah, yun lang. Don't go into medicine just for the money. That's That's my point. <laughs>
0: Kanina, you mentioned that your research topic was on climate change and mental health. Because when we talk about climate change, we we often just examine the environmental impact of it. Pero that to me is a really interesting take on it. So maybe you can tell us a little more about that.
1: Oh, yeah. So I'm actually with St. Luke's to do or to conduct researches that is in line with climate change and mental health. So for now, I could not disclose oh. yung research oh. namin ngayon. But, but oh. it's interesting kasi when we talk about climate change and how, parang isipin mo, parang ang out of this world naman, diba? climate change, tas big it's lang health. health. Diba? Uh-huh. Parang, yeah, because hindi natin ako consider how our environment can affect us. You know? Like, Mm. especially if you live in the city. But what we're trying to establish here is that, you know, recently in in the past years, we've seen, you know, how climate change have increasingly stronger and has, you know, longer lasting impacts on people. It can be directly or indirectly that can affect their mental health and psychosocial well-being. For example, there are several environmental, social, and economic determinants of mental health that are negatively affected by climate change. So, this is according to WHO. They've already established and recommended five key approaches to address the impacts of climate change Mm -hmm. on mental health. So, the first one is we want to integrate climate change and consider into policy and programs for mental health so that we can better prepare for and respond to the climate crisis that we are experiencing. Number two, we are integrating some certain policies and programs that can or that directly deals with climate change and health. Like, And third, you know, we have to build global commitments because it's not just us, you know, we have big corporations, big, big countries who are contributing to the destruction of our ecosystem, yeah, and then we ha- also have to implement multi-sectorial and community-based approaches so that we can reduce the vulnerabilities and we can address the mental health and psychosocial impacts of the climate change. And lastly, you know, just addressing the large gap that exists in funding, both for mental health and for corresponding and for responding to the health impacts of climate change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So why? why climate change you know number 1 when we when you go into research you always look for ano ba meron ano ba kailangan nating malaman what are the gaps in understanding in certain topics yun yung tanong sa yo lagi eh, so that you can come up with the topic with an idea you, you can experience it no sa thesis natin ganyan ano ba yung topic mo ano ba kailangan nating malaman ano yung gaps in that field so we now know that there are gaps in understanding the impact of climate change on health and psychosocial well-being. But the good thing here is that the current knowledge that we now know is sufficient so that we can act to address these gaps.
0: Yeah.
1: Just to give you a picture of like how climate change interacts with you know the possible mental health and psychosocial outcomes. Okay, so climate change can be related to hazards such as extreme heat flood na lagi tayong kita especially me yeah, near espanya oh. yeah España. so <laughs> storm sea level rises drought and wildfire and then mm. climate change can also be related like in global environmental threats such as in deforestation there such like ocean pollution repeat exposure to climate Disasters as well as overfishing And then these exposures These hazards are exposed In several Pathways One is environmental It becomes air pollutant There will be insufficient water quantity Or quality There there will be food insecurity Tapansin nyo for the past month Bawal yung large fries Diba? Yeah Shortage Shortage
0: The potatoes
1: uh, Yeah But mainly it's because of Ukraine But yeah Partly I wanna Believe it's Also because of You know Climate change May effect din Mm-mm. And then Socioeconomic economic oh, A loss of livelihood Property yeah. loss Or damage no mga houses What else? There are forced migration Kasi nga You can no longer Especially those living In the coastal areas They yeah, couldn't well,
0: choice uh-huh.
1: Yeah, hindi nila sila pwedeng to doon kasi nga tumataas na yung water or yung sea level. So they have to migrate. So all those things could possibly, you know, lead to mental health and psychosocial stresses. Struggles like, and stresses. Yeah, stress reaction. They could also lead to strained social relationships. It can lead to mental health conditions as such anxiety every time na bumabagyo or maitim ma- na yung ulap. Hindi kasi mo yung bahay mo. It can lead to a depression, stress-related conditions, can lead to hypertension, you know. And there's this sense of helplessness and fear and grief that we've been experiencing. Like it's a global experience since the pandemic. So it can also lead to you know, maladaptive behavior so that you can cope with that anxiety, with that stress. You, you can use you know, illegal substances or alcohol and substance abuses, use and abuses. Mm. So those anxiety, there's actually a term coined to depict that anxiety being felt when you, that anxiety towards climate change or climate anxieties. It's called eco-anxieties or ecological grief or solastalgia. Solastalgia,
0: okay.
1: mm. Yeah, and then... We also in in my in in the research that I conduct, we also know we also find the vulnerability factors and inequalities. Like for example, in health, what are the chronic diseases or the physical abilities or the pre-existing mental health conditions? In the socio-economic perspective, we talk about the power, how poverty influences these ideas or influences one's mental health and psychosocial outcomes. Informal or insecure work you know, the demographic profile of certain people, the geographic profile as well. Like, for example, how do we compare the eco-anxiety mm-hmm. of, so, of someone who is living along the coastal area versus someone living in the city? Diba? So if you're in the city, usually ni mo naman yan. Inisip mo lang traffic. But, Uh-oh. yeah. Yeah. Also, we also consider a socio-political aspect as well. Us, we're dealing about policies too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's very very different no? yung what I've I'm, I'm doing right now in, in terms of research na what I studied in med school this was not taught this is something that i ventured out of medical schools kasi nga, medical schools especially here in the Philippines there's no nothing wrong with it naman they train you to be a clinician kasi yun naman talaga kailangan natin you need doctors so that you know they can tend to the sick But, you know, I just want for you and the people listening that there are also other options of doctors, nilang clinician, if you want to venture out, like doing research or doing academe. Although you can do both naman and or all those three, pwede pagkaya mo. So yeah, this is just, you know, another field that you might want to venture out, especially if your pre-med is bio or something in that field sciences then this is interesting as well
0: yeah it definitely does sound interesting and I think after listening to this podcast yung mga nakikinig sa atin will have some questions for you maybe want to know a little more about your experiences pa or might ask you for some advice I don't know how you're going to fit this into your very busy schedule but if they wanted to ask you some questions or reach out to you ano best ways to contact you
1: you can reach out to me if you have LinkedIn. You can also message me on Facebook, like message and, you know, or I can give you my email. But right. yeah, I think you can just search me on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter and then just tag me. I'm happy to answer. I'm usually free, especially at night. I usually answer some of my emails and messages at night. So if, if I replied to you like 2 a.m., baka hindi mo makatulog ay answering emails huwag <laughs> na lang kayo magulat <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah all right oh so yun, this was a great episode i learned a lot about yung, yung different perspective na hindi porke naging doctor ka yun yung kailangan like you have to stick to the idea of just being what is expected of a doctor and i think ma-apply yan sa other fields of science as well. So thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your knowledge, your expertise. And we hope that we can invite you here on the podcast again at some point. Maybe when you can tell yung research. Because it's confidential.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you also for inviting me. I hope our listeners pick up a thing or two. And if you have any questions, like you've said earlier, you can just message me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for me, Chriselle Angeline Peñamante. I'm that. I think my Facebook is very public. I put it public for my students also to contact me quickly if they have inquiries. So yeah, if you have any questions or you need any, you know, motivational speak speech, I can give you a pep talk. A five-minute pep talk.
0: <laughs> oh, feeling ko kailangan natin, kaila, ang kailangan natin sa mga to. Ayun.
1: <laughs> Last na lang for the Young students out there, talo ng masipag ang matalino. Okay, you don't have to be the stellar student all the time to achieve big dreams. Just you know, formulate or you just have to believe in yourself. You have to mm-hmm. be visual about what you want, and you know, just tell the universe na gusto mo to manifest it, and then you know, with hard work, it will become a reality too.
0: Agreed, one hundred percent. Kung nalakasan lang yung loob, kaya yan kasi Look at look at the career path as an example, and you can definitely achieve whatever you set your mind to.
1: Yes, yes. And there's no, you know, there's no one path. You have to mold your own path. No. It's your life. Directly. That's true. It. Yeah.
0: Lalunang in, in this very busy world where everyone's, you know, trying to find their own way. Wag kang matakot na carve your own path. So again, thank you so much. Take care, stay safe, and we're looking forward to talking to you again.
1: Yes, please. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask Theory. Follow Flip Science on Facebook, at Flip Science PH on Twitter, and at Flip Facts on Instagram. And check out our official Shopee store if you want to get copies of our books, Historiang Scientipico and Science Scramble. Stay curious!